Nugent News Network Sunday edition on the air. Um, so, I'm going to start out with what they call prime time, which is a living well, aging well, um, special advertising section produced by the Trib. So they're, you know, a lot of this paper's advertorial now. The Tribune uh, ran two, they run Parade every week, which I've figured out is actually just basically an advertising, you know, the whole paper's really for advertising, we all know that. But these are more, uh, you know, there's not much editorial content in Parade Magazine, it's almost all ads, and this thing is completely advertising. This is a good medium, okay? They go out once a month, and... You know, older demographics, the Tribune readership demographic skews older. So, perfect medium for people my age. Uh, so, since most of you don't follow this, Steve Sanders is now uh, in the blues, uh, looks like a bassist. I don't know if he's a bassist or a guitarist, but... Uh, Steve Sanders used to be an anchor on WGN, and now he's just playing the blues, I guess. Um, so, tours. So the whole section's going to be about being old and retired. Now, I'm old and not retired, not by choice, but by necessity. So you can go tour the Cuneo Museum in Vernon Hills, which was originally a home of Samuel Insel, who founded the General Electric Company. And that's the kind of thing I might go do, or not, I don't know. Uh, there's a Fabian Villa Museum and Japanese Garden in Geneva, Illinois. That looks like a nice place. And there's the Pleasant Home in Mills Park in Oak Park, which was done by George Mayer, uh, Prairie School Home. There's the Weber House and Garden in Streeter. That's a long way. That doesn't look like it's worth the trip. Senior housing notes. There's a King Brewer place in Burr Ridge. Should take a look at that. I don't know if I'd want to do senior housing or not. But, you know, we got to move someplace. And I don't find that they're very affordable, frankly. But, you know, it's time to start thinking about that stuff. Here's Belmont Village. Is this in the city? Yeah, this is in the city. Maybe that's something we take a look at. I don't know. See, this is good for for guys like me. Now, Anya doesn't want to do that, the wife, you know. She doesn't think she's going to get old. She thinks she's somehow going to be like the picture of Dorian Gray. So here's page four, retirement, no way. Uh Here's a guy who does taxes. You can always do that. He does 50 tax returns a year. And here's a guy who's executive director of the Lodge of Northbrook. Uh, oh, wait. No, he, he's actually not a retiree. So let's see. At the Claire. That, the Claire is something we got to look at. That's pretty pricey. But that's right downtown. And he's a guy who writes books, he's a retired professor, he teaches Chicago Center for Life and Learning, and another teacher, his wife teaches in Atlanta, goes back and forth, 
This guy works to keep him alive and kicking, right? So, yeah, but 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 working from home is more possible these days. That's certainly for sure. Okay. Oh wow! Here's a guy who's a concentration camp survivor. And wrote a book, and he goes to schools and talks about being in the, about the Holocaust. Another woman volunteers. He's an 87-year-old who has no plans to retire. She supervises, uh, she's like a crossing guard out in Westmont. So I'm not alone in laboring on, you know. Here's a place to lodge in Northbrook. I'm thinking we should look, though, at, like, if we're going to look at that, urban, because the wife doesn't like the burbs. Now, high-end condos are coming back. I looked at the Tribune Tower residence. Now, I know nobody on this place and this thing is inclined to move downtown, but I'm telling you, you should go see this just for the hell of it. It is beautiful. Now they call it a relative bargain. It's a thousand square thousand dollars a square foot. It's a bargain compared to other cities like New York. Oh, like maybe Tokyo. Come on. Um St. Regis, Chicago. Oh nine West Walton. That's expensive. That's like celebrity territory. St. Regis, Chicago, uh, that's a that's a weird-shaped building. $8.25 million. God. 60% sold. They're not, they're, these things are not on sale. I went to see Tribune. I figured maybe they'd be giving them away, because who wants to live on Michigan Avenue? But that's not true, and we will get to Michigan Avenue. According to uh, Rubina Bakari, president of the Rubina Bakari Luxury Group, the luxury market is picking up. Chicago is coming back. Now, I sure as hell hope it is over here on Belden Avenue, but we shall see very soon. By the way, personal update, we're getting kicked out of our place across from the Cardinal at the end of the month, absent change. So it's back home for everybody. I spent a lot of time at the 633 residence anyway. So if anybody wants to see our view, by the way, um, we are, you are more than welcome to come and visit. Uh, we are right on North Avenue Beach, so we get to see the whole wilding thing. Um you know, but you'll normally see the lake, 380-degree view, open house, just let me know. But you only have a couple of weeks if you want to check it out. I've invited people to parties there. Nobody comes to my parties, so no more parties. But if you want to set up a on-demand visitation, you know what to do. Uh, text me, 708-334-8414. Okay. Staying power. 
there are businesses that are fighting to stay alive, obviously. Ashland, Addison, Florist, Western Suburbs. Or no, that's in Chicago. Elmhurst Photo Boutique. That's a tough business to be in. Yeah, this is of no particular note. I'm going to skip that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we ain't going there. Let's see. Keeping your digestive system healthy. It's always a challenge for the kid here. We have what's called the Nugent Stomach. Now, here's a place, actually, a friend of mine used to work at it. She's probably retired. It's called The Mather, which is in Evanstone. So, I'm going to put this in the where do we go from here file. It looks like the North Carolina option is not going to happen because it turns out the wife does not want to live with her father. Because he's German, you know, and you better do this, you better do that. So, how to keep your digestive system happy, uh, eat a proper, well, healthy. Get a proper diet, get active, stay hydrated, consider probiotics. Now, that's the one thing I'm not doing. Well, I'm not active either. I used to be. I'm trying, you know, the only thing I'm doing here is a good diet. And pretty soon I'm laying off my cook, so... Back to the junk food. Uh, let's see. This is of no particular note. It's a whole section, not bad. Find your maker space. And there's a maker studio. There's one of these downtown. Um Makerspace is a physical space with stuff that you use to make stuff. So, here's an ad with the new U.S. News and World Report Best Nursing Home uh, designation. This thing is so important. We should do a seminar on that. You know what? That's a good idea. Because I'm working for an Alpha Care and Zepcon Associates. And by the way, I know one of our listeners is an alum. Uh, of the healthcare business, like to get together and talk about it and tap your brain, you know who you are, and uh, send me a text. Let's catch up. Let's do lunch. Let's go to, uh, let's have lunch at Ridge. I'll buy if I can. Because it Went to, uh, we we had our Chicago meeting this week, and we managed to have it. We lost money on the deal, but uh, my boss has come around to blaming Chicago rather than me for the low attendance, so we lived to fight another day. Uh, but I learned a lot. I, t- I audited the sessions, and man, what a cluster this whole business is. It's a good business to be retired from, so let's catch up. You know who you are. Call me. Uh, Molly, here's a tips for avoiding anxiety and depression, which is always a challenge for the kid here. Actually, I changed my meds up and it's been very helpful. Have a daily routine. Strive for a healthy lifestyle. Find a way to meditate. I can't do that. Communicate with others. Call me. Find some fun. Mm, I may go hit some balls today. Count your blessing or be a blessing. I've tried being a blessing. It's easy to count my blessings because, well, I'm healthy. I'm healthy, but not wealthy or wise. Accept and act. 
and accept what's going on and come up with ways to deal with the challenges. I've been doing that. Three somethings. You need something to do, someone to love, and someone to love you. Well, I've got the two love thing, and I've got something to do. I got all of some. I got all three things. There's an article about vitamins. There's an article about exercise. Here's the Clarendale Six Corners, in which is new. Eh, six Corners. That looks like it's an old Sears store. So we're going to use the Sears stores. That's what they ought to do with uh, water towers. Make it into uh, like assisted living. All the Gomers can go up and down the, the escalators. You know, how to afford assisted living. Forty-one seventy a month. Eh, I could handle that. The high ends are ten, which is what we're paying. We would have to pay that for rent while we're living. Long term care insurance, but you know, that doesn't work. I'm not looking for assisted living at this point yet. HSAs. Medically qualified life insurance policyholders can use an LTC life settlement to immediately direct tax exempt payments to cover senior housing. Huh. Oh, I couldn't get that. I tried to get that, but I couldn't get that. Word puzzles to keep your brain working. I don't do that. So we're going to keep this. There's a handwritten note I'm keeping for Kay's, Karen's Upcoat Associates, which is my two-day weekend. Okay. So, you know, you can find a lot of stuff. Now, here's a funny thing, I think. Uh, there's a New York Times insert, I told you. And it ranks like 50 things to go and visit. 30 places for a changed world that you should go visit. One of them, 22, is the Little Calumet River. In the Calumet region of southeast Chicago, interest in the area's nearly two centuries of African-American heritage is flourishing alongside a new marine trail established by the Urban Conservation Organization Open Lands and Community Partners. The seven-mile African-American Heritage Water Trail tells the story of the Little Calumet River and those connected to it throughout history, like freedom seekers on the Underground Railroad who found shelter at Tun Farm, owned by Dutch immigrants. Paddle, and the South Hollanders probably have an interesting perspective on that. Paddle by canoe or kayak to the trail's other sites, including Chicago's finest marina, one of the oldest black-owned marinas in the area. Never heard of it. And the Major Taylor Trail Bridge, named after the African-American cyclist. Never heard of him. And his history isn't the only draw, thanks to initiatives by Audubon, Great Lakes, and other conservation groups. More marsh and bird species are returning to this restored wetland. So they're trying to make an industrial area into a tourist attraction. Well, good luck. I was going to say good luck with that sarcastically. Uh, Normandy, France, I'd love to go there. That's number 24. (laughs) 
<laughs> so 22 is the little Calumet River and 24 is Normandy. Eh, that just goes to show you the effect of the woke, uh, woke, wokeheimers. <laughs> That's my new word, wokeheimers. <clears throat> it's like Alzheimer's. You forget. It's like a lobotomy. You know, you have your common sense somehow surgically removed. You forget everything that makes any sense. I don't know how people function that way. It's got to be drummed into you from an early age. You know what I mean? It's like religion. Imaginary cognition. Um... Okay, so here's a place that I know Anya would love to live in, I think at least. 635 North Dearborn Street, number 2701, uh, which may or may not have lake views, but it's got a private terrace. And I wish to hell I could get my building listed here. I gotta try, I'm going to try to do this myself because I had my realtor try to do it. And no cigar. I think you have to have a realtor who's affiliated with like a big advertiser in the paper, duh, you know. All right. Uh, so here's an example of pricing. I mean, I'm sitting on my my realtor. I have to do some negotiations with our friends at the, the revenuers in uh, wherever they are. And so I had to give them an estimate of the value of my house. My realtor puts a million six five zero. I'm like, Really? He's never talked about that price point with me. Um, so, you know, I had my bookkeeper do it. So, but, you know, here I am sitting on a million six five zero for two people and a dog. Dog died. Wife ain't been around the house much. And so I'm living in, like, what am I living in? I, I, I use a 10 by 10 foot room in this house. So here's a place, Michelle Relaford, who is a... Channel 5 morning anchor, who probably makes a ton of money. 3,900 square foot house in Orland for $830,000. And she's a, at least she's a Chicago native. I like that. I mean, regardless of race, color, creed, I like to have reporters and anchors who live here and know what the hell they're talking about. You know what I mean? And then they bought a house. Oh, this is Sterling Ridge. They bought it for seven fifteen, sold it for eight thirty. Bingo. Um, we don't know where she's going. I don't think. And then there's a joint in Lake Forest, which is five bedrooms, sixty two hundred thirty nine square feet, one point eight million, which is not that much more expensive than my house. It used to be the dairy barn for some farm. No main house. I don't know. Probably a lot of land, I'm thinking. You let living down here, you just get hosed, and then you can't sell it to anybody. Right. That's that. This is the real estate section, as you probably have guessed. Here's a Beverly Home. Oh, ooh. Beverly Home for four eighty nine. 
Wow. This is the five bedrooms, 2,200 square feet. Lovely little house. Built in 1909, 104th place on West 104th place. And designed by Griffin, wherever he may be. God, would I love to move there. Three and a half bathrooms. Hardwood floors. The feel of the house stands out. Not ostentatious. 275000 in 2005. And now 489 This thing just keeps going up. $4,600 in property tax. I'm paying like twenty grand. God, I want to see that. I want to move south. God. And I could buy three of those for the price of one here. Now, there is a Dilbert comic I want to call out. Uh, just one panel. You do know that hurrying does not reverse the arrow of time, right? <laughs> That's my new motto. We hurry a lot at my new gym. Now, here's an article again about abortion. No one wins under a forced birth scenario by Heidi Stevens. And this, to me, is a canard, a red herring argument. She argues, Heidi Stevens, she argues against Ro, uh, the repeal of Roe by saying that uh, the United States spends 0.2% of its domestic product on care for children, according to an October analysis by the New York Times, which is 200 a year for most families. Norway spends close to 30000 annually, Germany 18000 Now, the thing is, when you have kids... You're supposed to raise them. The state isn't supposed to raise them. So add in all the spending in the private sector, and I'll bet you get, I don't know how much, but maybe not $30,000 a year. I mean, that seems like a lot of money in Norway to spend on kids under two. How would you spend $30,000 on a kid under two years old? Formula? What? I'd like to know that. You know, I can live for under 30000 a year. That's a crazy number. And on a list of 17 Nordic, European, and South American nations, which are cherry-picked, no doubt, we come in dead last. Like, I bet they left out... Who would they even put in in South America? American parents receive zero weeks of government-mandated paid parental leave, but I know a guy who got... Two months from Google for, for uh, paternity leave. It's like, what does a husband have to do? You know? I mean, I know that's sexist, but really. What could I do if I had a kid to raise the kid? Of course, my wife wouldn't know what to do either, so we didn't have kids. See? We didn't have kids. Um, Three-quarters of civilian workers in the U.S. lack access to paid family leave. According to the National Partnership, that means 25% do. So uh, parents in 40 other nations get paid parental leave uh, by government mandate, okay? One in four moms returns to work within two weeks of giving birth. 
Well, that's their option, right? Unless they're single moms, and then that was their option not to have a kid. I don't see... This is all despite ample unwavering scientific evidence of the brain development that occurs during a child's first three years of life. And I do think that it would be wise for people who have kids to spend more time with them, uh, you know, which is the traditional family model. And and here's another canard, TV writer Leslie Cohen. This is a viral thread. If it was about babies, we'd have excellent and free universal maternal care. Would we? You wouldn't be charged a cent to give birth. Really? If it was about babies, we'd have free lactation consultants, free diapers, free formula. Really? If it was about babies, we'd have... Well, so who is it about? If it's not about babies... Now, it, there's a whole laundry list of the price that you would have to pay to repeal Roe v. Wade. And guess what? If you did all this stuff, they would still want to to protect Roe v. Wade. And then Heidi goes, precisely. Well, this is Wolkheimer's, you know. And now here's uh, David Barnhart, a Methodist pastor. And I mean, the clergy these days... Everybody, they're clergy, they're Sino, they're clergy in name only, right? And I mean, you know, I'm not a big fan of the Catholic Church either, but. If you're going to be, like, rebel against the church, I'd prefer to rebel against the Catholic Church than the Methodists, because there's no method to their madness anymore, to coin a phrase. Um, now, let's see. Barnhart is from St. Junium United Methodist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. He's a good old boy. This goes back to, but he's not a good old boy. This goes back to 1980, or 2018, actually. She says it's a beauty. The unborn are a convenient group of people to advocate for. They never make demands of you. They are morally uncomplicated. Unlike the incarcerated or addicted. Yeah, well, who wants to have a kid who's a drug addict or a, a jailbird? Or the chronically poor, uh, ditto. They don't resent your condescension or complain that you are not politically correct. <laughs> That's for sure. They'll never be able to complain about anything, will they? Which is why I don't think it's a bad idea to be aborted. You know, if my mom had decided not to have kids... You know, not that there would be a me, but honestly, I would have been fine with her choice. I actually don't think my mom and dad should have had kids, you know. And there's lots of people who shouldn't. So don't. You don't have to. I can assure you that my mother would have never had an out-of-wedlock child. She barely had one in wedlock. Unlike widows, they don't ask you to question patriarchy. Unlike orphans, they don't need money. Well, yeah, they do. They need 30, well, education or child care. So now you're making a bizarre argument that, you know, pro-choice or pro-life, well, pro-life, I guess what they're saying is that it's like, doesn't require tax dollars to be pro-life, but then after the kid's born you're going to try to cheap it out on the kid. Well, you know, the conservative notion is that you 
first of all, don't necessarily have sex for recreation, but you have it for procreation, which, of course, you know, is honored to the breach by everybody, including yours truly. And then you have your kid, you raise your family. You raise your family. You don't go to Uncle Sam or J.B. Pritzker or Lori Lightfoot or Tony Preckwinkle and say, hey, I had a kid, you got to pay for it. Now, they didn't choose for you to have a kid. The, the one ironic thing about it is I would think that Democrats would want more voters because most people vote for them, right? Especially if they own them with all the $30,000 they want to shower upon them. I can tell you this, even inflation-adjusted, it costs nowhere near $30,000 to raise me. And it didn't take a village. <laughs> it took my mom. She did it all by herself with no public funds whatsoever. And look how I turned out. So I don't know, maybe the Norwegians are right. Uh, let's see. And I, how is it a patriarchy when I'm working for a woman? I don't understand. And how is it a patriarchy when every dime I spend is because my wife makes me do it? I don't understand. Anyway, she's a traditional woman, unfortunately, for me. She doesn't make any money. She just is in charge. She says she's in charge of the household, which means she's in charge of spending the money. And I, old has-been that I am, am in charge of making it, and there's an imbalance there. I can't make as much as she wants to spend. Thus, the conflict in the plot of our marriage. Okay, let's see what else this brilliant... Uh, Protestant is saying unlike aliens they don't bring all that racial, cultural, and religious baggage that you dislike I thought we were supposed to call them undocumented I'm, unless he's talking about like you know space aliens and I actually welcome immigrants because they don't bitch as much as some of our longest standing residents who came in 1619, if you know what I'm saying. Um, they allow you to feel good about yourself without any work at creating or maintaining relationships. <laughs> I don't feel good about my well, I'm not really a pro-life guy. I'm kind of anti-life. And when they are born, you can forget about them because they cease to be unborn? Uh, who, you know... You, the, one of the favorite tactics of the polemicist is to put words in your mouth. I got a guy who I went to high school with. I would have seen him at the high school reunion if I wasn't too lazy to go. And that's another character flaw. I mean, I literally was too lazy to drive 30 minutes down the drive. People came in from Alabama, Wyoming. I couldn't motivate myself to get out of the house to drive to Carmel from Lincoln Park. So I ordered a pizza and watched Star Trek. <laughs> okay, you can love the unborn and advocate for them without substantially challenging your own wealth, power, or privilege. Why should I challenge my own? I mean, it may be as difficult uh, as, a, for, as it is for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than for the rich man to get into heaven, which means that I have a much better chance of threading the needle, by the way. 
than I did a few years ago. Does that make me feel better about myself or make me a better person because I have less money? I don't think so. These people are just, they're, it's Wokeheimers. I'm telling you. So I'm supposed to feel guilty, but I'm supposed to succeed. In a, it's like pretzel logic. Apologizing or making reparations to anyone. What does that have to do with it? Abortion and pro-life and pro-choice are not restricted to the African-American community, as far as I know. They are, in short, the perfect people to love if you want to claim you love Jesus, but actually dislike people who breathe. Well, Jesus no longer breathes, right? Easier to love. And absence, I would say, makes the heart grow fonder. Perhaps if Jesus lived next door or, you know, was a roommate, he might not be... <laughs> He might be a pain in the ass, you know. My my apologies to whatever deities may exist. They aren't prisoners. Who loves prisoners? They're in prison because they committed crimes. Who likes criminals? Violent criminals. I might add. Immigrants. I I have some of my honestly favorite people are immigrants. The sick. I have many sick friends. I'm married to a sick person. The poor? No. Yeah. I I want them to be wealthy. Widows. I Susie Glowiak is a widow. She just passed a law against, by the way, um, organized crime. Kudos to her. She's a Democrat. I love Susie. Okay? I mean, this, this guy is so prejudiced against people who don't agree with him and it's a form of intellectual and moral bigotry is what it is. All groups that are specifically mentioned in the Bible, they all get thrown under the bus for the unborn. Again, he's putting words in people's mouths. Powerful words, says Heidi. Uh, yeah, so was like Mein Kampf. We'd be wise to hold them up and let them inform the way we rally, spend, volunteer, and vote in the coming weeks and months. The Supreme Court is not an elected body. It was not elected to pass. You don't pass an opinion. You rule without any Democratic input. A court does not respect any Democratic input. It interprets the laws that are passed by the elected officials. It does not make laws. People don't seem to understand that. So if you vote, you know, you're voting to elect people who will put people on the court, okay, who rule, but you're then voting to elect people who will legislate, okay? If they want to pass legislation, if they can, to mandate abortion rights in all 50 states, that is a Lincoln-esque move. And that could have Lincoln-esque consequences, is my opinion. So let's, I'm telling you, that's why I'm watching this issue. It has nothing to do with me being pro-life or pro-choice or whatever. It has to do with the continued viability of the United States as it's currently constituted. I think you might end up with a federation and a confederation. 
And one of those flags will have 28 stars, and the other one will have 32 stars. And we'll just have to deal with it in an EU fashion and go from there. And if you don't, if you want to live in a place where you can get abortion on demand, you know, like a convenience store distance or, you know, the opposite of a Toys R Us, then you'll have to move. You'll have to move. Okay? Immigrants move, and this guy loves immigrants. We're a nation of immigrants. Move to New York. Move to Illinois. Okay. Uh, moving on, here's a there's a movement apparently young Mexican Americans are uplifting and embracing their roots through music, and so they're getting nostalgic like Irishmen, you know, and singing Irish songs. They're singing Mexican songs, so I'm thinking a lot of these, you know, a lot of these build the wall types would like to imagine himself in Mexico too. I am not among them. I think immigrants, many Hispanic, are. Uh, or Latin X or whatever you call them now are the hardest working people in this country, and they provide the best value. Now let's deviate from my obsession with the row issue to which has been discouraged by some listeners to uh, the golf uh, world. Phil Nicholson pulled out. Not Nicholson, I always say that. Mickelson pulled out of the PGA. Now, he is a controversial dude. Alan Shipnuck's unauthorized biography is being released on Tuesday. Uh, Shipnuck published an excerpt of his book. Oh, this is how this broke. In which Mickelson outlined his involvement with the Saudi-funded rival league. He was dismissive talking about the killing of Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi and Saudi Arabia's human rights records, saying it was worth getting involved if it meant having leverage to change how the PGA Tour operates. He recruited three other players to pay lawyers to write the new league's operating agreement. Top sponsors dropped him. And said he needed to take some time off. So both Woods and Mickelson have, uh, you know, kind of retreated from the tour. Although Tiger, oddly enough, is back. This guy just won't. If nothing else, he's persistent and dogged and determined. But, um, you know, they have this big rivalry. And they're both kind of washed up because of different reasons. I mean, they're both getting old. Now, here's something that's original content for me. We play a lot of blame-shame games these days. That's just it. That's the extent. I got three words written on a piece of paper. But I may use that for a Chicago contrarian column. Now, here's something funny from the parade. It's, uh... Oh, wait, no. Ball lightning. Uh, Marilyn Voss... Savant. Savant meaning smart. She's a Mensa member. I actually could have got a Mensa, but I was like, I went to a meeting and I'm like, I don't think I want to be a member. <laughs> These are all weird people. Anybody who joins a club to prove how smart they are has issues, I think. Uh, but here's Parade Magazine. This I love ads like this. 
Scientific discovery stuns doctors, and it's going to stun doctors with its stu- stunningly stupid. <laughs> Biblical bush <laughs> shuts down joint discomfort in five days. Amazing plant this prescription gives new life to old joints without clobbering you. <laughs> well, that's good. So safe you can take it every day without worry. And, and you can call the hotline number and use the promo code PARADE so they know where they're getting their suckers. And, you know, it's got some 78% better relief than the most popular joint solution. Deactivate 400 agony-causing genes before and after it shows the creaking, aching knee. And then (laughs) a study was published in the International Journal of Medical Sciences, which I have not heard of in 40 years plus in medical publishing so this is outright you know patent medicine medicine show quackery uh and you can tell that because at the very bottom in gray ink it it is all caps and probably 12 point type these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration this product is not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease Results may vary from person to person, and no individual result should be seen as typical. So in other words, it doesn't work. But if you call the 800 number, you will be able to get a month's supply for the rest of your life, and you'll never be able to stop it because they'll bill you. The only way you'll be able to stop them is to cancel the credit card you gave them. You know, the, the evil... You know, you got the good and the evil on your shoulders. The the evil angel says, write that copy, Terry. And when I started my career, I had moral challenges. And I used to like working for awards. <laughs> Sell them all this garbage that we had. <laughs> but then I got religion and I became a less effective copywriter. So anyway. But a better marketer. I think going to marketing school probably was good because it was like, don't market something that nobody's going to buy twice. And that was true because Wards is no longer with us. I mean, I tell people I work for Wards when I'm interviewing, like, Wards, what's that? And thank God they don't know. Um, Not good for your reputation. As an ethical marketer. And you can be an ethical marketer, by the way. It's not an oxymoron, right? I don't know why I pulled... Oh, you can convert your gas-guzzling car. I'm trying, by the way, to get out of my lease, so I'm going to try to sell my car back to the... I don't know. You can't sell it back, but... I'm trying to give it back to cut expenses, so if anybody knows anybody where I can get a used car, like a cheap beater car that looks good enough for my wife to not be ashamed to ride around in it. You know, the $12,000 car only used by a little old lady to go to church type of thing. But but really, not, <laughs> not, not BS from a dealer, you know. Let me know. If you're trying to get rid of a second car, you know somebody who is. Because I want to get out of this lease and just have a car I own outright that, you know, runs good, as we used to say. And looks good enough, so my wife's not ashamed of me. Like my dad. <laughs> I remember. My dad wasn't big on the consumer 
lifestyle types of stuff. We used to drive around these beater used cars. And he bought a like a, a 62 or 3 Ford Galaxy or something. And the thing was rust brown. The whole car looked like one big piece of rust. It hit a hole in the driver's side floor. And we're driving around one day. And the it's raining, so the water's coming in under my dad. My, my mom says to him, don't you have any pride? How can you drive a car like this? And he just laughed, you know. He didn't care. I kind of take after the old man, unfortunately. So... Uh, now, what's the deal here? You can take a car that's a gas car and put in a electric engine, and I think it's pretty expensive. It costs about eighteen thousand dollars, and it for a high performance can cost thirty. So you might as well just buy a freaking Tesla, right? But you can also convert. Like I work for a company an industrial company that makes uh, big rubber-tired gantry cranes, and you can convert those, too. Uh, you can convert them from diesel to electric, but nobody wants to do it because it costs a ton of money, right? Unless the government mandates it, which they won't because of the supply chain. They won't do it now. Now, um, I think I'll do a separate episode on the Bears. So stay tuned, those of you who are into football. Armadillos have arrived in Illinois. So in, in the meek shall inherit the earth, the living shall envy the dead, the cockroaches shall survive. In Illinois, when nobody else is here, there'll be armadillos. Now, uh, here's a, this is front page news now, folks. Ten dead in New York shootings, some dopey 18-year-old white guy dressed up in body armor and killed 10 black people in Buffalo at a supermarket and videoed it so he can get on YouTube. And come on. And he was about to shoot himself and they stopped him. They should have let him go ahead and do it. Save the state some money. Now that ought to be a death penalty offense. All right, the kid's nuts. But you know, I don't know, maybe make a martyr out of I don't know what the hell. I wish you would have shot himself, though, is all I know. Now we can figure out, why did you do this? You, f- I mean, why don't you just drop a match in a, in, in a you know, put it on a fire with gasoline category. Now, uh, moving on, keeping casino free of trouble. Regulators want future Chicago site to avoid nefarious individuals. Well, that would be most of the city of Chicago these days, wouldn't it? They're, they're talking about the like the mob. I'm talking about like Chicago gangs. I mean, I don't think the outfit is going to be infiltrating it. It's a big company thing, right? The outfit doesn't cause nearly as much trouble nowadays as the you know uh, the more diverse gangs, shall we say? Now, we had this, quote, mass rally, and there were only 1,000 people, but that's page, section 2, page 1. Okay, it's not that prominent, but there's only like 12 pages of the Tribune now. And a woman is carrying a sign saying, oh, this is in Texas. This is just an AP story. Uh, Bands off our bodies, she says. 
Well, you know what? You should say hands off our bodies because if you keep a man's hands off your body, and I went to, you know, I went, I, uh, I hung around women who went to schools like Mother Macaulay, and they were very good at keeping my hands off of their bodies. And if only they had not been, I might have avoided a lot of the troubles I've had with other women's, with other women, shall we say. Let's see. News briefing. Transgender law blocked. A federal judge on Friday blocked part of an Alabama law making it a felony to prescribe gender-affirming puberty blockers and hormones. So I guess what's going on here is if if you're prepubescent and you identify as a girl, or if you're a boy, or vice versa, I suppose, then they stop you from becoming what you don't think you are. That's pretty weird. I don't know how an 11-year-old or 9-year-old knows that. You know what I mean? But evidently, a federal judge blocked part of the law, and the Alabama governor says that's a temporary legal roadblock. Aren't you interfering with biology there? And you're you're using a human's brain, or per, it used to be that homosexuality was actually in the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of the Psychiatric quote profession unquote. And they knocked that out in the seventies, and now here we are. But uh, you know, you've got self castration going on because men think they're women. Well, I don't know, you know. Can think what they want, I guess. But that would have been like one flew over the cuckoo's nest territory back in the day. Uh, you can choose to be whatever you want to be, or you can choose to be nothing at all, non-binary. There was a story I saw about a teacher who is married to a man and has all the biological characteristics of a woman, but identifies as non-binary, which means she doesn't know. It's like. You know, Bowie's song, Rebel, Rebel, you don't know if you're a boy or a girl. I would think at least you ought to be able to figure that out. But I don't We live in a brave new world. 31 point, uh, companies are hiring 31.6% more new college graduates than they hired in 2021. It, but, you know, if you're in a bad year and you miss the boat and you go become a barista, you can never get it back on the boat. If I was in college and they weren't hiring, I would stay in college. I mean, I tried, actually, but, you know, I didn't. <laughs> Somebody had to pay for that, and the Evans scholars got tired of it. But, you know, go to graduate school or something. You know, come out when they're hiring. Because if you come out when they're not hiring, I was lucky enough to get a job in my field. It took me four months, but which seemed like an eternity. I thought I'll never, ever get a job in my field, and I'll end up being a janitor or something. But I just waited until something came along. That, and I mean, I almost stuck around. I had a job at a liquor store, Davidson's Liquor Store in Milwaukee. I almost stuck with that, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to get trapped in this and then I'll never get a job as like a writer so 
And it wasn't the same. After everybody graduated, it wasn't the same. I should have stuck around for one more semester up there, though. Hated to leave. Now, here's an article about... I still miss it. No matter how hard I try to be an adult, now I'm going to be dead, and I'm still not. I'm still living in... I'm still an immature adolescent Evan Scholar in my heart. Realize LinkedIn's Potential by Hillel, Hillel Fold, who is not an Irish guy. I can tell by the name. Um, so what do you do? Uptake in LinkedIn usage, as far as he can tell. Massive spike in engagement. Uh, here's the five things you should do. Say hello. Say hello. Call your connections. Look at their profile and familiarize yourself with their work. Ask them more about their work. All right? One of the things I've learned in a year of listening to LinkedIn Mastery Thought Leadership Forum, which I do, every day. I try every day. Um, it's like Muslims praying, you know. You, you'll get a lot farther by engaging with the stuff other people post than you will by posting your own stuff and hoping that they engage with you because there's an oversupply of content and an undersupply of engagement with content. So my advice to people is, you know, don't post, engage. And that's, I was trying to like do it, do LinkedIn for people and you can't really do it for people because I don't know what to say. You know, and like a financial guy, he doesn't want to say anything. So <laughs> that's why there's a lot of people who don't post. Ask them about their work. Think about what you can do for them. And if there's a synergy, set up a call to explore. That's good advice, actually. So that's a keeper. Here's the thing about loans, credit scores. I don't like to talk about my credit score anymore. But I used to be, it was my proudest possession at one time. Then I got married. Um, to get the best credit score, you need a 750 uh, out of 850, which is like having like a 1400 SAT. And I mean, I'm not looking for the best rate. I'm looking for a loan. You know what I mean? So... I get why, you know, I've got a lot of credit card debt at the moment, which I incurred that during the recession or the stock market crash and the pandemic. I didn't want to sell stock low. And that did work, but then I the plan was I would pay back the credit card debt with the sale of the house, and the house hasn't sold for two years. So we're getting there. Now, here is a cautionary tale from uh, Kaylin Ahn, who is a first-year student at Northwestern, who went to a party and got drunk and then um, got sexually assaulted in the back seat of a car. Uh, so she says that she could not have been expected to give consent in that state. So now... Um, she filed a police report on the guy, and they told her it's extremely hard to prosecute. So now this is being, this is in the Illinois Assembly, okay? 
Now, as an ex-Evan scholar, I can tell you that good advice for, I mean, we would have one party at the beginning of the year, and it would be mobbed with freshman women who didn't know what they were getting into. And they they would come in in droves, and then there would be a mass exodus out the door, <laughs> like a like it was a house of horrors. <laughs> and the next party, <laughs> it was just us, you know. Uh, so, avoiding the Evan Scholar Zeta Chapter House at twenty nine twenty three West Highland was a very good method for. Avoiding this sort of a thing, and particularly if there's a Wapatui party, as we used to call it, do not go to the Wapatui party. <laughs> but that, you know, that was pretty much the strategy, and the, the the power of the, you know, sexual instinct is the key to human survival, but also creates a lot of, you know, situations. <laughs> so. But this bill, uh, let's see, Illinois, Illinois law only states that if no other means of force or threat are used, an alleged victim is impaired by alcohol or drugs, is un, deemed unable, oh, wait a minute, now. Illinois law only states that if no other means of force or threat are used, an alleged victim impaired by alcohol or drugs is deemed unable to give consent when the alleged attacker administers a substance causing the victim to become unconscious of the nature of the act, and this condition was known. So in other words, that's a date rape drug. And somebody did that to my wife, and this guy was a member of the bar. And I called him up, and I said, look, if you want to go out with my wife on a social occasion, that's fine. But if you do that again, I'm going to call the bar and report your ass. And he said, I didn't do anything. And I'm like, bullshit. She came back, and I knew she had been given one of these date rape drugs. And she still doesn't think she did, but, you know... My wife thinks lots of things. So, um, now this bill would change that. Uh, charges can be brought regardless of how the alleged victim became intoxicated or impaired. So if you go to the Wapatui party and, you know, you wake up and you're like, hmm. Um, so obviously, you know, that is not the best form of courtship. <laughs> the Wapatui party type of thing. But on the other hand, you know, I mean, that's going to raise some issues. And then that, you know, the whole thing is, this is all, if you get that procreation, recreation thing right, this never comes up. You know what I mean? And of course, we did everything we could to game that system like we did every other system in college. Now, I am running out of time, so I'm going to have a second. This was a good paper today, obviously. By my, from my perspective, so there will be a sequel to this because I only have an hour time limit here, and I rarely go anywhere near it. Uh, but in this case, I did. So I've only got one minute, and I'm trying to find something that'll fit in a minute, and I'm not finding. Oh. A thousand people showed up at this abortion rights rally, and they heavily promoted this. I think I said yesterday that, you know, there's a big 
sticker and or big promo flyer on my car window. I mean, they worked hard to get people to show up. People didn't show up. So, oh, maybe 2,000. Not a lot of people. It's not going to be like Columbia where millions protested. And that's because it's not going to end abortion rights in Illinois, right? That'd be different, I suppose. Okay, uh, I'll be back in five, four, three, two, one.